welcome to episode 19 of VR Side Chats. Hope you're all well. Uh, so, another week, another interview. This time with Abby and Ashima Kumar of Warrior 9 Productions. Uh, in the interview, we chat about how they made their epic sci fi series, The Phoenix, and also their work raising awareness for ocean pollution. Um, so, rather than listen to me, let's just get into it. Here's Abby and Ashima Kumar. Okay, well, thank you both for uh, for taking the time to come on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Not a problem. You're welcome. Um, so, yeah, just, t- just tell us a bit about yourselves and how you got into VR. Uh, okay, uh, Ash, do you want to start? Or... Sure. So, um, so, I'm Ashima, the CEO of Warrior 9PR. And originally, we were a film company, actually. And we did film for a few years, so we were doing uh, impact documentaries. And um, we always had this desire to uh, do our own passion projects. So Abi is a writer-director, and he had a script for a sci-fi series that was originally destined for TV. And we were looking at how we can get that made. And we actually came across somebody who... You know, we were considering the option of doing a web series and we came across someone who's like, you know, I want to show you something in virtual reality. So this was in 2015 and we had never actually, you know, used the technology before in its modern form. And so this person showed us a little taster of what it's like. And then we thought, how amazing would it be to make our sci-fi show in VR? And that's how how we first heard about it. Yeah. And uh, so basically we, we, you know, we decided, okay, let's just put some money in and make like a three minute teaser in VR to see um, what, you know, and just show it to a few people, see what the response would be. So that, I mean, easier said than done. The three minutes took us about, I think about six months to, to put that together with the tech at that time. Um you know, with creating all the 3D models and all that kind of stuff. I'd also never done uh, animation before the Phoenix. So, uh, yeah, I was just like, wow, this is a lot of work. But totally paid off because we took it to, um, you know, Comic-Cons around the region. Uh, We took it to tech events. Uh, We showed it to like about a thousand people. And man, the reaction was people were just blown away. I mean, granted, you know, even today, VR is obviously not uh, at the mass uh, level but at that time people had just not seen anything like it and it just totally blew their minds so uh you know we were able to create like a really strong like really strong narrative i mean dan you've seen it and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on our it's like on our on our youtube page and, and stuff so it's uh it's something that was pretty impressive and we decided let's just do it let's do this amazing so how did you go about funding it then was it self-funded or did you uh, get outside investment to to do it yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, we we have, well, our film business, basically, the money that we were making from that was going into R&D of, uh, of this, basically, mm-hmm. is, is how it worked. And then um, in uh, 2018, we decided, you know what, we, we really need to dedicate uh, 
full on to uh, the, our VR side of uh, things. So, you know, since then we we basically use that money, and we've been lucky enough that you know we we also have to do corporate work, obviously, to keep the lights on. So we've been lucky enough to do work with the big guys like Google and Facebook um, over the, over the last year or so. So that definitely Is helps. that VR work as well. Yes, cool. VR immersive media work. Yeah, amazing. So. You was working on uh, the Phoenix kind of like in your spare time when you wasn't, you know, doing the, the paid bills work. I would, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, at that time, we were still a film company. Mm. So our, um, you know, bread and butter was was making films. And Abby actually had a full time job doing something okay. else. Um, so we would do the VR thing sort of on the side yeah. as a passion project. And, you know, when we first met this person who first showed us VR and then they made 90 seconds of the Phoenix, it was so rudimentary what we watched. <clears throat> but the feeling of um, just seeing that 90 seconds was so mind blowing. And like, it's really hard to describe it to people who aren't in the industry, because I think all of us have had that mind blowing moment, which is why we do what we do. Um, but it sounds a bit like we've all drunk the Kool-Aid and, and people don't get what we mean, you know, and they just need to kind of have that transformative experience to see why it's worth pouring, you know, our whole kind of passion and energy and resources into doing yeah. it. It was that 90 seconds that convinced me that, you know, we have to do this because it's going to be amazing. And, you know, that was three years ago. Um, and over time, the technology has just become so much more accessible, even on the creation side, um, that whatever we made then, it's so like miles and leagues ahead of what we first saw um, when we made that prototype. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, when we when we first started doing I, and, you know, even since then, like so many people have looked at it and been like, like people from the business side have looked at it and be like, you know what, you guys are out of your minds. Why would you put so much money into something which you have no idea if it's going to succeed? Uh, it's an original IP. You you know it's, it's a, and I was and our reaction was it's because we believe. I mean, we're standing at the bottom of the mountain looking up, and it's one step at a time, right? So, <laughs> you know, we we are have total faith in uh, in what it is, uh, the story, the uh, the whole experience. And I think I honestly believe that it's not that VR is going to take over and be the future of entertainment, but it is definitely going to be a, a significant part of it. It's just a matter yeah, yeah, of time. Definitely, hundred percent. So you said that um, you already had the script for the Phoenix uh, before. You know, you was uh, shown some VR stuff. How did that script yeah. then change when you decided to to make that in VR? Uh, yeah, so it was. Uh, I wrote it as a as a as a proper feature, right? So it was like going to be like a TV, like a, a TV movie or a, a feature film, um, and I wanted to do definitely more of it. But when we came to VR, obviously you can't do, um, you can't watch yeah. it for that long uh, before you know. You, if we wanted to make it for mass, like the mass market, we wanted as many people to be able to just pick up whether it's a cardboard or HTC Vive and or an Oculus and just watch it. So I, I basically started by chopping it up into 10 episodes. Each episode were, is now around 10 minutes in length, approximately. Um, and uh, I basically had to re-envision the piece in 360. So uh, originally, you know, when I was 
when I was writing it, I would be like, oh, this is great. We'll just cut uh, cut at this point. We'll you know zoom in at this point. We'll uh, we'll do all sorts of kind of the traditional language. So when I when I was when I would see it in my head, it would be in the traditional two D format. And then I had to chop, once I chopped it up and we were trying to do it, I had to first of all look at the dialogue and make sure that not more than one person was speaking at a time so that the audience wouldn't be confused as to where to look. And after that, it was about the visual part of it, about who, how do I guide them? Uh, you know, the, so if I write oh, a spaceship flies in, then you're automatically going to be following that. And then the spaceship then goes into this particular section and the story continues. So there's always something to guide the, the user basically. I mean, ultimately we don't, yeah. Nobody can control that. Uh, you know, the, the way we create the environments, as you've seen, it's it's really detailed and beautiful. So I want people to watch it, look around. I want them to watch it multiple times. And, you know, they will, the the, the narrative is always going to be there, but they will just experience it in different yeah, ways. Yeah, because you, you had like a number of influences on there, like, you know, Blade Runner and stuff from what you were saying before. Um, and that really shows. Yeah, I mean, oh gosh. Uh, I mean, look, our team, uh, you know, we have, there's, there's six of us working on this. Uh, again, it is a lot of work and I'm proud of my team. These guys are great. They bring their vision to it as well, which I fully accept. And, uh, you, you know, a lot of the stuff you see out there is a true collaboration between all of us. It's not me sitting there going, uh, it has to be like this because yeah. nobody knows how it has to be. So that's why each of these guy, each of these people, like fuel uh, their ideas in. So you get a bit of Blade Runner, a bit of two thousand one Space Odyssey, you know, uh, a bit of like, oh gosh, even Star Trek and Star Wars. All of that stuff is just kind of in there. You just have to look for it. Amazing. So uh, you're prepping. Like, how did you go about uh, casting for it? So, oh, go ahead. Well, one of the the main character in the show is Oz. And, you know, we knew that he had to have a commanding voice. We wanted to use talent in Singapore. And um, I had actually um, been to an amazing event, which was narrated by somebody who, um, his name is Ramesh Paniker. He's well-known in Singapore for voice narration and a lot of other artistic things. Um, and, you know, it was one of those things where a few years later, we're sitting there going, well, who who could play Oz? Who could play Oz? And I just remembered going to that event and saying, I know the person. And we didn't know him personally. So, so we kind of took a shot in the dark and just figured out who he was, sent him an email saying, you know, we're doing this project. Um, and, you know, trying to explain again, it's virtual reality, this, that, it was all very like, um, <laughs> new <laughs> to him. He's like, I don't quite understand it, but it sounds interesting. And we met and he decided to come on board and he was sort of the first person who really also believed in the project and opened doors to other actors who might be interested. And I have to say that, you know, all the actors we've worked with so far they really do want to do it because they're excited about the material and that gives us as well a lot of um encouragement to kind sure. of keep going and we really do have some of the best of the best talent that you can find in Singapore to to do the voice acting and we're really proud of that because it's not like where we have yeah, a massive yeah. budget to make this 
So it's it said a lot about um, people just wanting to kind of join the ride. Yeah. And, you, you know, um, I don't know if Ashima remembers this, but when Ramesh came in to do the recording, we had like we had him for about three hours or two hours or something like that. It was a really short period of time. And we found this rinky dink. It was a small studio. Uh, there was not much space. He kind of squeezed into the booth recording. And we had the video. Uh, we had like a 2D cut of it just running. And as he said the lines, and we kind of put the rough music track on it. Um, and it just fit so perfectly. I remember looking over and Ashima had like a single tear just <laughs> running down her cheek. And I was like, yeah, I think we got And he looked at us. He's like, do you get it? And I was like, yep. Yeah, we got it very much. I think we got yeah. it. Yeah, that was for a trailer that we made. Again, that was the trailer, concept yeah. trailer from three years ago. And it was the first thing that we were actually going to show yeah. the public. Um, and, you know, the thing is that, like, when you're on this journey, you're kind of, you know, it's just the two of you in the singular belief that this is going to mm. gonna happen. And there are these moments along the way where you suddenly feel like, yes, it's coming together. And they're the moments that keep you going. And this was one of those times where we were just standing in this voice booth and hearing his amazing voice and the words on the page finally coming to life after yeah. so many years um, of having the script. Um, so, yeah, it was like a really magical. So moment. did he record all of the lines for the entire series in that that recording session or just for the trailer? No, 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 no. It was just that was okay. that, that was just for the trailer. Yeah, because, you know, we, we didn't even know uh, if we could even do a narrative, like tell the narrative story. Would people care? You know, so it was only after that that we were like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna really go ahead with this and make Amazing. it happen." Yeah, yeah, and that was the trailer we took around to different countries to comic cons and, yeah. you know, to various conferences, and it was the very first time we were watching people react yeah. to something we made, and you know, it was so amazing to see people's faces and the just the look of awe and joy and excitement on their face. Um, made us feel like, you know, this is viable. Like, we have to do yeah. this and keep going. Yeah. And in fact, he's in the prologue episode, he's not in there. Uh, it's a totally, it's a different character. He only comes, his character only comes in episode one, which takes place after the prologue, you know, in the chronological order of it. So what? how long a gap was there between taking the trailer out to, like, the various Comic-Cons to actually start in work on the series itself? So the the... the the trailer was finished uh, in early 2016, and we were on the road for a large part of that year, like also doing our, our video work mm -hmm. as well. Um, we started properly on, um, actually, no, sorry, it was 2015, end of 20, no, 2016, 2016 sorry. The road, yeah. uh, and then we, we started work on uh, episode, on the prologue, midway through 2016 and we that also took us actually it was yeah it, uh, the prologue took us about four months so from s okay. six months to four months and that was uh one character mm -hmm. uh you know and just one character voiceover we did motion capture we we were testing out all sorts of stuff and then we finished that i think uh jan or feb of 2017 and then somehow it got into Khan. Uh, <laughs> not somehow we <laughs> sent it there <laughs> and they were like yes we'll take it <laughs> uh, I just, I just yeah. pick up like a bootleg copy from somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I mean you know as a film I was like 
I'm a filmmaker. I'm going to con for the first time, and I'm going with a VRP. So it was really like not how I envisioned yeah. it, but uh, obviously it was awesome regardless. So oh yeah, definitely. So the whole thing was animated. I can't remember now what like when we spoke before. Was it on using Unity or is it Unreal? It was Unreal, wasn't it? We use yeah. Unreal. Yeah, we use we we work on Unreal. To so how was that? How long did that take from like start to finish altogether? Well. Um, actually, you know, the, the, there's, there's a couple of reasons why we use Unreal. First of all, our, our, our guys are really comfortable with it, uh, which is quite rare in Asia. Um, and, uh, they, the Unreal, the Epic guys just kept releasing every release that they made just improved at least the, the I don't know if it was intentional, but the 360 and VR side of it just yeah. kept improving, uh, significant, like significant improvements in terms of making it. So that one of the reasons why our uh, turnaround time just kept getting shorter, like, you know, it's gone, like we're able to do, you know, the, the, the next episode three is something like running at something like 14 minutes. And that took us like three months to put together. Uh, so, you know, we're, that's, uh, we're able to do quite a bit. And it is much, much more complex than all the previous episodes so we're able to do a lot more um and you know we're in touch with the epic guys it's it's really great that they're they they do send people out to singapore and we we keep in touch with them so it's really good like um we have no issues with uh with unreal at the moment yeah and just other things in the pipeline have become so much easier like when we did the prologue we were doing motion capture using a connect um Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, then a bit when we moved on to episode one, or actually, yeah, episode, episode one, one, we yeah. started using perception neuron, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then partly uh, kind of the traditional Vicon system. And then after that, um, now we're actually looking at motion capture using um, a Vive, you know, using the Vive, Vive trackers. trackers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like this constant progression in, in the pipeline. And because we're a small team, we're able to do that. But it, you can also see it, though, in the work. So if you go, you know, when you start with Prologue and then compare it to like the episode we're g- going to be coming out with soon, there mm. is a, a market difference in the quality um, yeah. which is something that, you know, as a small indie team, we, we're proud that we're progressing. Um, and if we had the resources and budget, wow, we'd love to go back and, and redo some of the old stuff. But, you know, that's kind of part of our narrative of like, it just gets better and easier yeah. as we go yeah. along. Yeah. So between the prologue and, and episode one, there, there was a, there's a, there's a bit of a gap, like it was at least a, a year or more because, okay. you know, we were just testing out motion capture and how do we just improve, um, Im- improve on what we're putting out with like the limited resources that we have. Sure. So, yeah. How was it working with the, with the motion capture? Is that, was that the first time you'd ever worked with that technology before? Yeah. Motion capture, um, uh, I don't know. Have you have you worked with it before? No, you- no. So that's why I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm quite I'm quite intrigued because it's it's it sounds exciting and really cool, but at the same time, it's <laughs> it sounds it also seems quite difficult. Yeah, because when you look at the product videos, they're just like, oh, you put on the suit and uh, you plug it in, and yeah. bingo, Where boom, bam, boom, and then you got the data and you put it in the character, and hey, it's running. Nope, <laughs> that's not how it works at all. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Like we've we've tried so many of these solutions. Um, yeah. It's just like 
ca- I remember uh, when we were doing episode one and one of the scenes we had. So we uh, we got two suits. We got two actors trying to get them to do it simultaneously. It just wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. The calibration process was, you know, extremely cumbersome. And it was to the point where I was just like, all right, you know what? We're just going to do this one by one, one actor at a time. And we will have to do like sync them up properly in post and stuff like that. It was just, it, it, it it's, uh, it's painful work, man. I mean, it's not so simple. <laughs> yeah. It's really painstaking, yeah. but you know, um, it was also an adventure for the actors. I mean, oh, yeah. cause we, you know, our actors are all, um, TV or stage, stage or screen mm-hmm. and, yeah. or yeah. So for them, it was also, you know, kind of something new, um, but I have to say the fact that we could do it at all is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. just that the the heartache of the painstaking cleanup process of the data and and all of that. And, you know, you realize you've missed some big movement that, you know, needs to go in because mm. the character looks weird. Those types of things are hard lessons. Yeah. And uh, for we, we did also try the like the traditional Vicon system um, because you know in one of the episodes there's a fight sequence which we I just couldn't trust to do that with the existing things that we had so we actually went out went out and like uh, partnered with the uh, with the local um, school who had one mm. and uh, you know we worked with them to get the fight scene done and even that was not straightforward like I th- I mean the the quality of the the data that comes out is better but the process is by no means. And as a director, like if you can't, I mean, I, I can't see the quality of it, right. Until yeah. it's actually up there. So uh, it, it's, it, it was very like, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it, I mean, it's a big learning curve and, you know, I, I loved every second of it, but uh, it was definitely painful as well. <laughs> There's definitely a love hate yeah. relationship with Mocha. And you know, I have to say, you watch like those Hollywood films, and you see the the oh, credit yeah. lists that go yeah. on for like ten straight minutes of names and names and names. And I always used to sit there and be like, "So, what do all these people do?" And now, having done what we've done, I suddenly <laughs> it all makes sense to me now. Like, you, yeah. you know, in in like when you watch making of Avatar or whatever, you see yeah, them yeah. with like that helmet thing, and there's a camera looking at their face. Mm-hmm. Right. So we, I was like, dots. yeah, I, I was like, why, yeah, with the dots on their face. I was like, you know what? Why don't we try and do that? Why don't we uh, get a GoPro, put it on their face because there is software that will read that data mm-hmm. and we can, we can work off of that. Everybody was like, that's a great idea. And then the question was, well, where do we get the helmets from? Uh, I don't know if you've ever looked for those. I found one company that was selling them for like three grand. Oh, wow. And then, to the point where we were like, well, what if you put a bicycle helmet on and like <laughs> and put, stick a stick to it? Yeah, and, and see if that works. It was l- l- ludicrous uh, levels of like uh, things that we did to try and get that happening until until it came to the point where we just said, you know what, we'll just animate a lot of this stuff. So we have a fantastic animator uh, animators on board who are able to help us with that. Um, but obviously, it's not like if if you were to purely animate it, you would need like a hundred person team or something, you know, whereas we have two. So awesome. Yeah. yeah that's a lot of budget gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what about the, uh, the fight choreography then? Like how did, did you hire people into, to put that together or? Yeah, that was, that was actually pretty awesome because I found, uh, there is a Wushu martial arts school here. Okay. 
And I went over to them and I was like, look, guys, they do uh, a bit of stunt stuff for like local television. So mm-hmm. somebody told me that, why don't you just have a chat with them? I went over there, had a chat. Again, trying to explain VR to people who have no idea is yeah. just pointless. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, I I showed it to them. They were like, right, we still don't get it. But look, at the end of the day, you need people to put on a suit and do some stuff. Fine. We can we can work with that. Uh, they obviously didn't weren't familiar with the mocap side. So we actually came up with a, so I worked with them saying, this is what happens. Here's the script. And we, we went through and they were like, oh, we can do this. We can do a backflip. We can do this, this, this. And then we, when we, when we got to the the space, the, the, you know, the people who were running the system were just like, you can't, you can't do a backflip. That's not <laughs> going to work. You can't do that. You can't fall on your, like, you can't fall like that. You'll smash the, yeah. the sensor. So we really had to like, pull back or like on the fly change a bunch of stuff and just fingers crossed it it'll work later on kind of thing um yeah but it was it was totally cool watching these people doing it and um you know there's there's a scene where she runs up and kicks him in the back mm-hmm. and they're like nope you can't do that so you she'll have to she can kick a pad and you'll have to like fix it later in post yeah. and you know as, as a filmmaker i hate hearing the words fix it later in yeah, post yeah. because you know but an animation you you have no choice. It is what it is. So, yeah, we just uh, we just worked with it, and you know that what you see is what you get at the end. There. Did you have any say in like some of the uh, the, the the choreography of of that fight, or did you just like give them free reign to you know play around? No, no, no. I I came up with the basic because there were some things like I I had to envision it in three sixty, mm-hmm. right? I couldn't have them just do whatever the hell they wanted, and we try and figure out the camera movements mm-hmm. later. That wouldn't work. So I I, I figured out a basic uh flow that this is what's going to happen the camera is going to be roughly around here uh, you know we we kind of mapped it out and then within that scene like i was like so she runs up to him they fight and then he throws her or whatever and so they were like okay fine in the they fights thing th- how about if she kicks him here there blah blah, blah. so we we kind of like mocked it out we did a bunch of rough uh rehearsals and all that and then then we went for on the day of and then we had like two days with the system uh, with the Vicon system, and we we spent most of the two days on it as well, because we just did multiple takes yeah. and upon takes, and they were real troopers um, when they did it. That sounds so awesome. Yeah, because they weren't actors either, right? Yeah, so the yeah. guy who was playing Gora, he had no idea how Gora would walk in and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and uh, he was a big hulking dude. So you know, we were like, or uh, he, this guy was quite skinny actually, but Gora, the character, is yeah. quite a big hulking being. So it was. It was like we had to work with him to say, like, no, you got to move like this. But again, he's not an actor. So I, I think you can see some of that in, in the final product. But I think overall, I was really happy with how it turned out. Yeah, definitely. It looks it looks great. So yeah. with all of that, what would you guys say was the biggest challenge throughout the whole process? <laughs> what, what wasn't the challenge? Uh, that's, uh, that's a good one. Um, um, yeah. yeah, it's hard to summarize and choose the biggest one. Um, You're both broken shells by the end of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're both shells of people we once were. Yeah, I'm going to have no. her go first. I'm going to have her go first. Okay. No, I mean, I, I actually, I think, you know, for for me, I think the biggest challenge is if we had tons and tons of money, I feel like (laughs) a lot of this would be a lot easier, you know? So making it is, is really a process of finding people who believe in the project and they just want to do something different and especially something different coming out of this region. And, 
you know, so for us, um, that's been the hardest part. Like, and also, you know, we're trying to hack together this process um, and make it something that is doable for a small studio. Like, I believe that really there is a way for smaller studios to make great content like this. And we're the ones trying to figure that stuff out. And, and hopefully in the future, it'll become a more common yeah. thing, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I agree with, I think that's, for me, that's the hardest challenge was that we're, we're one of the first who are doing yeah. something like this. Um, and there's no, there's no rule book. Like, you're just like, is this, is this even going to work? Like when you're putting a scene together, it's like, does this, I, I'm, uh, you know, we're so deep mm -hmm. into it that it is difficult to step back and be like, does this actually make sense in, uh, like, will people actually understand, appreciate it? You know, like, uh, it, it's, it's, I think that's, for me personally, like one of the big things, um, we I, we watch a lot of obviously watch a lot of the other VR stuff that's mm -hmm. coming out, but I I mean I haven't seen like a hardcore animated CG like fight scene in VR or anything yeah. like that. So it, it's it's also like it's great that we're doing we're pioneering like these kind of unique things, but is it going to work? Is it not going to work? You know, obviously I wouldn't, I don't want to be the guy who's like, well, that was great, but it could have been done better. I want to be the guy who's like, well, that was amazing. And people should try and make it like that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what we're working towards. Well, you guys yeah. are certainly paving the way. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what advice would you, would you give to other creators out there that are looking to get into this crazy world of VR? Be ready to solve problems. Uh, yeah, it really is like a, of course, you have to be creative, but it does feel like every step of the way is problem solving. Mm -hmm. And, you know, thinking about um, there's two sides to the coin, right? The one side is that it is within any creator's grasp to do something if they want to, like the tools are there now. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't say that like five years ago. Um you know, so that is amazing, but you have to then be ready to also face all of the troubleshooting because it's constant. And I think the the other thing is if if you're a filmmaker and you you know you know your you know your traditional craft like really well, mm -hmm. you have to be prepared to learn at least some parts of the tech side of it. Like the, the approach can't be, well, this is what I'm envisioning, and the tech guys will solve yeah. the other problems. Those are your problems as well. Right. Like I, I know I, I know a couple of filmmakers and that's the attitude towards it. And it shows in the work like uh, you got to think about. Uh, I mean, you got to be looking at transitions and the flow of, of this, the narrative and all that kind of stuff. But you also got to take the tech into account and be like, well, you can't be that close to the character. Or you, it doesn't make sense in 360 and all yeah, that definitely. kind of stuff. So, yeah, you really got to respect the medium as well. No, absolutely. So what's next for you guys? Well, we are currently chugging along full on to finish season one by the end of the year. So that's our, um, you know, we, we, we have to do that, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We also actually have another piece of um, a VR experience that we're about to release, which is related to ocean okay. plastic. So, yeah, so we and that's a, a mini interactive game. I suppose you could call it. So we're going to release it on the Rift oh, cool. pretty soon. Um, and what we've realized is that we've done a couple of VR pieces and an AR piece related to this issue. Uh, and it's a real pet 
issue mm. of mine and Abby's because we're both scuba divers and we've had the an experience where you know you're swimming in mm. pristine waters which suddenly turn into like a yeah. trash dump you know and you know we've had to surface in waters where the the surface is just covered with plastic bottles yep. and crap so you know we wanted to create that experience for everyone to have um and yeah so we we're sort of that's our other um project that's ongoing and we're really hoping to you know prove that you can use AR and VR as mediums to um create impact as well so we've had a lot of people who've done our experiences and they feel closer to the issue and that they want to talk about it and that they want yeah. to do something about it and so um you know so that's one of the things we're also exploring so that's called oceans we make yeah so that's it it's we've submitted it to the store yeah. we're just waiting for a release date now uh, that the oceans we make piece was actually something that took us on a different tangent as well because it showed us like how it really vr can really impact and yeah, change yeah. people's attitudes so i mean it's it's an award winning piece and it's been shown like at events like uh, the World Bank showed it at their headquarters for an event. Mm -hmm. um, Facebook actually licensed it from oh, us for a bit for Taiwan uh, for their ed Oculus Education launch. Uh, so you know we we know mm -hmm. that it's an effective piece, and now we're ready to like release it. Uh, I think uh, we want as many people to try it as possible, and we want to do more yeah. work like this because we know it has a. The Phoenix is nice. It has, it's a much more deeper kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, experience where it's more long term, but this is like a really a sharp uh stab into that uh, trying to uh, into that issue yeah no i definitely i definitely think it's it's great because i had like a similar problem in a, on a commercial shoot in indonesia and we was on a boat mm -hmm. and we was trying to shoot a scene on this boat but then you could just see like you know plastic bottles floating like past and stuff all the yeah. time and it was just constant there was there's was always something like some bit of rubbish um in the water next to us it's just it was a nightmare um, and it was yeah, it was horrible. It's just horrible to see. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds great. So, uh, start wrapping up. But where can people find you both online? So I'm on Twitter at Imagine Abby, A B H I. Um, you can get me on that. Um, um, we're also yeah. Uh, so well, you can find um, the Phoenix on Facebook, the Phoenix VR. And then you can find our company, Warrior 9 VR, on Instagram at Warrior 9 VR. And we also have a Warrior 9 VR Facebook account where we talk more generally about the work we're doing apart from cool. Phoenix. Um, and those are really the, the best ways to reach us. Um, and then the Phoenix website, we actually do have a newsletter that we send out to people just to keep them updated on the project and where you can find it. And um, those are really the the best ways to stay in touch with what we're doing. Perfect. Yep. Sounds great. Well, I'll put all the links to those um, in the podcast notes so people can find them. Um, and yeah, send send me the link once uh, once your ones on the on the rift. Send me the link and then I'll I'll add that so people can check that out as well. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, that awesome. would be great. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Definitely. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time out of your day to do this uh, yeah really appreciate it you're Thank welcome you. massive thanks to Abby and Ashima for coming along to chat 
Make sure you give them a follow online to keep up to date with their latest projects. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe for more interviews as well as conversational episodes with myself and Alex. Also, I'd be super grateful if you could give us a nice review on iTunes as it really helps. If there are any VR filmmakers you would like me to try and get on the podcast or if you're one yourself and want to jump on an episode to talk about your work, feel free to reach out to me either on Instagram or Twitter at at Daniel K. Hatton. That's H-A-T-T-O-N. So yeah, thank you for listening to another episode. Really appreciate the support and I shall see you. Or, well, technically I won't see you, but you know what I mean. I'll see you on the next one. Bye.